on. Let me see. All right. Joe, you still with us? Yep, I'm sorry. Uh, okay, I just want to make sure you are frozen. All right, so, so we're back live, I think. Um, yeah, Sean. Yeah, I just got vacation. I uh, we're live again. Okay, yeah. Hopefully, we still people can get back on the stream. All right, cool. So y'all, yeah, internet. That's that's live stream. So we're about to get ready to uh, wrap, wrap it up soon too. I, but I definitely I don't want to close without us looking at these videos because um, I think it's going to tie in what we we're saying. So Joe, go ahead and uh, finish the point that you were making. Uh, hopefully, you remember yeah. what point you was making, and then we're going to hop into yeah. it and close this out. Just that, just that being, being energetic, I think when you, when we're, when we are, when you're surveying somebody who's in front of a camera, in front of a mic and all of that, you're only seeing one dimension of their life. And so I would just, I would just counsel that before, before you jump to that, that blasphemous word, you know, understand that, 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 that a, that's a heavy, that's a heavy word to be using, but B that that's kind of a word that we don't necessarily get to get to use. We don't really be, we're not really able to, to do that accurately. And so being entertaining in front of the mic is part of the process. You know what I mean? Like, yes, you've got guys like Mike Winger who will sit there and just dissect scripture and dissect uh, academia and for, for three hours. But there's a reason why a very specific audience watches him you know what i mean bible nerds watch him they're not necessarily looking for super entertainment they're looking for just straight bible information yeah you know what i mean and that's that speaks to what you guys both said because if i if every if every single church in all of america is exactly what i'm looking for i promise you you would see a giant dip in people joining churches because people would find it boring or stale or i hear a lot of times that i want that i expect too much 301 401 level stuff i don't think so but i enjoy somebody dissecting and really diving into the scripture rather than telling you tell, telling me a story about your family on vacation three years ago that ultimately i'm sorry i don't necessarily care about but that is different to where different people are at you know yeah no that's a good point i know uh, anthony as a coach you know there's some kids who will react to the coach in your face yelling at you, and there's other kids who will shut down to that. So they need the coach that's going to motivate them. And so you got to know your people, um, especially if you're going to be a preacher and a teacher. You got to know your people and know what, you know, what's going to motivate them to learn. All right, uh, before we transition, Anthony, any anything you want to – any final – Well, I- I'll just say this really briefly, briefly that I, I, I agree. I agree with you guys wholeheartedly in this whole uh, conversation. And I think the one thing that I would add is that, um, yes, you have to be careful because everybody's in process, right? When I think about myself, there are things that, you know, um, I was very, you know, adamant about and charismatic about when I first started uh, preaching and teaching that I go back and I wasn't way off, but there was so much more that I wasn't unpacking because now I know so much more. There's verses that I can look at now and I see so much more. Uh, But the one thing that I do want to point out is that if you get stuck 
in uh, one type of flavor, right? One type of preaching style, and this is the only preaching style you like, then you may be setting yourself up, you know, uh, to, to, to kind of get caught up in, you know, false teaching if that person goes that way because you need this kind of style. You know, when I throw out names like Dr. David Jeremiah uh, or Charles Stanley, you know, versus, like you said, a Creflo Dollar or a T.D. Jakes, you know, um, uh, and, you know, Rod Parsley or, you know, some of these other guys that they're, they're different styles, they're different, you know, flavors. You've got to be able to pull out the gems from different people because sometimes you'll say, man, most of that I didn't agree with. But this one part here. This person gave me a nuance that I had not seen before. Now I'm going to take that back and I'm going to study it and make sure that it's actually what I believe it is. And I think that goes back to being a Berean. I feel like everybody's, you know, doctrine is subject to um, uh, examination, even even my own. I'm willing to talk about certain things I'm like, well, let's talk about that. Why don't you agree with that? Because maybe you have a point and I need to look at that or maybe it's the way I'm communicating it. That's actually, you know, causing you to be thrown off. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I think we kind of rounded it off well, and I see people are starting to kind of uh, trickle back in. I had to send out another link because the YouTube link has changed now. But um, we all got to grow up. We all got to grow up spiritually. We all start at some point. Um, Joe, I love how you talked about how you know. If everybody wanted the same kind of content that I wanted, then we would definitely see a dip because people are different. Um, I think we got to have grace for uh, pastors that, uh, well, just grace for our pastors, period, because the same stuff that we're struggling with and going through, they're struggling with it as well. And so um, I want to um, end tonight by uh, reacting to these videos. And I, I'm going I'm to tell y'all now, for the, I, I, one, I appreciate everybody who's been rocking with us so far, but if you're still with us, I want to encourage you to to stay until the end of this uh, because I think it's going to really teach us something and show us something. I'm going to play one clip. So hold on. Let me kind of tear it up a little bit. So one, there's two. There's a, there's a guy named Corey, a pastor named Corey. Um, I believe he went, to, he went to prison, came out of prison. He, um, he, um, Understands Greek, very knowledgeable about the word. He got a YouTube channel called Smart Christian, Be Smart Christian YouTube channel. Um, he just recently put out a video where he was uh, basically talking, uh, basically dissecting the false doctrines of, of of Pastor Mike Todd or whatever. And he went as far to say that he shouldn't be preaching and that he is not saved. And although I agree with some Although I agree that Mike Todd in this particular sermon, his doctrine was probably was a little off, right? I would say it probably was a little off. Um, I don't think that was Corey's place to say that he was um, that he's not saved, that he shouldn't be preaching. Um, that actually makes me weary of certain people that say, "Hey, well, don't listen to this person, but listen to me," because I got it together. And right. so, so anyhow. That's kind of that's kind of uh, what we're going to show. The second video that I'm going to show is basically showing how what he said about Mike Todd is not necessarily true, and how we as as uh, saints Christians, you know, we we got to be careful with letting people dictate us. Because I will admit, I kind of stopped listening to Mike Todd 
partially because of people like Vody Bacham and different like different uh, like reform type preachers saying that that style of preaching just not right and they're wrong. Um, and then um, also too, I saw Mike Todd do some things that I think he was kind of getting the big head and the fame was getting to him and he was taking a little bit too far. So like Anthony said, I just kind of grew up from that and went to something else. But um, I hadn't listened to Mike Todd in a while. And this past, like a couple weeks ago, the Holy Spirit was putting it on me to listen to Mike Todd. Like I was, I was like going through my different preachers that I listened to or whatever. I'm looking for some some content I want to listen to. And I'm like, well, I haven't listened to Mike Todd in a while. And for whatever reason, it was like just listen to him. Well, anyway, he in the middle of this uh, series called Cuffing Season, where us loving things that don't love us back. And the first episode, the first uh, sermon that he did on it, it convicted me to my core. I knew without a doubt that the Holy Spirit wanted me to hear this message. And um, and then, I so I started listening to the series. The series was so convicting that I would be like nervous and scared to even want to look at the next sermon. And the reason why is because I knew when I listened to that next sermon, it was going to be some things in my life that I got to address and change. And so I had to prep myself before I listened to it. And so the particular episode that um, Corey critiqued, I I will admit, I haven't even listened to it yet because it's like five or six in the series. And so when, so, but I feel like, and not saying that Corey was being used by Satan, but this is just me sharing my testimony real quick. I listened to Mike Todd. I started listening to other preachers. They A lot of them would critique preachers like Mike Todd, Creflo Dollar, T.D. Jake, all those guys. So I kind of started slowly scaling back from listening to them. And then I knew without a doubt I was supposed to listen to listen to Mike Todd at this time. The service was right up my alley. But then, sure enough, right after I started back listening to it, I saw a Corey video, and it kind of had me questioning, should I go back and listen to the rest of the series? Now, I already knew that the Holy Spirit wanted me to hear this series. I already knew that this series was convicting me, right? But then after I heard Corey's thing, I was kind of questioning, am I going to go back and listen to it? And so this is why I want to show this because I I think it stretches the importance of we got to do our studying ourselves. We got to look at a person fruit. I said, we got to go back and look at the Bible. And, you know, even though I think Corey has good intentions, in this particular case, the way he went about it, I think he was wrong. All right, so I'm going to play the first clip. Um, Anthony, Joe, uh, I think the first one is about six minutes. If uh, if y'all want me to pause it because you want to comment on something he said, let me know. But if not, we'll let it ride through, talk about it, and then we'll show the second one. All right? All right, so I got it sped up, y'all. See, I got to kind of pay close attention. So right here, can y'all hear me? We don't have me that much of a problem with an excited atmosphere. Okay. But if that's the main focus, if the focus is to be like the world, to draw the world in. So at first, he was just showing how how they're kind of like dancing and entertaining and popular. And then this this is Corey. This is what he kicks off and say. Uh, just for the sake of getting them in, then we have a problem. Paul did say, and it's true, Paul did say that I became like such and such, that I might win such and such. But he didn't say that, I, that, that, that that was his lifestyle. Paul makes it clear that there's a differentiation between and us. And he didn't mean to become uh, 
someone on drugs so I can deal with the drug dealer. He didn't say I'll, I'll, I'll become um, the, the sexually promiscuous person so I can win the sexually promiscuous person. No, that's not, that was not his point. One thing that it seems that Mike Todd has forgotten is his understanding that you have to lead by the word. The Bible tells us this. And I'll go to this real quick. It tells us in 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling, or some versions would say rightly dividing the word of truth. If you can't work your way through the scriptures and divide them properly. Now, we're going to see some examples of how to not divide the scriptures. It's going to become very apparent if for some of you, if it hasn't become apparent already, Mike Todd has no business being a pastor. And I mean none, none whatsoever. He has no business trying to teach the scriptures. He has no understanding of the scriptures. And you're going to see how he decides to twist the scriptures. I don't know if it's intentionally or unintentionally, but he does take the scriptures and apply them in a way that the scriptures never tend to be so. But Mike Todd's whole focus, it seems to be, is to become uh, worldly, uh, to be someone who is socially mattering. I know that's, that's not even a word, but he wants to matter to the world. He wants to be someone thought of. Is a pastor who enjoys twerking, well, then you might want to do different <laughs> So that's that's the pastor. That's the pastor of Transformation Church. That's the pastor who is leading people into holiness, uh, into godliness. He is one of the reasons why people believe uh, that people who say that you cannot lose your salvation, they turn to people like him. Well, I'll turn it back around on him and say this guy that is not saved. That part seems to be pretty clear. That part seems to be pretty clear. He does not. He does not look like a person who knows the Lord. He absolutely does not. Now, the Bible tells us that, that, that there is a people can have a form of godliness, uh, and he certainly is that person. And you'll see what he does with fear. And now, this is why I do not believe that a person like he, uh, Mike Todd, is a Christian. Strong words to say, isn't it? It's strong to say that somebody who claims to be a Christian, because after all, how do you how do you ever open your mouth and say another person is not a Christian? Well, by the scriptures, because you cannot be a Christian. You cannot say that you're a Christian. Reading these scriptures, you say you're studying. All I'm doing is taking you by your own word. You say that you're studying, and you come out with this distorted gospel. This this, this distorted gospel that promotes you to the detriment of others. Make no mistake about it also that this person does not understand doctrine. He cannot walk his way. Now, he can read the Bible. He can read it, but he can also turn around. Turn around to fit his narrative. Don't believe me? Let's just listen to some of the things he says. How many people, by show of hands, have ever heard a full message on gluttony? In the comments? Why in the world, if this is one of the seven deadly sins, have us, some of us being in church for four and five decades, never heard a complete Sunday morning message on gluttony? Well, why is that? Why have we never heard or rarely hear someone in church preaching about the seven deadly sins? By the way, you should never hear someone in church preaching about the seven deadly sins. Why would you say that, Corey? That Mike Todd seems to make some good sins. We don't hear about the seven deadly sins being preached. Why shouldn't we hear about it? Why are you saying you should not ever in the history of any church should you ever hear a preacher get up and preach about the seven deadly sins? Because it's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. The seven deadly sins are not now. The Bible does say in Proverbs 6, there are six things that God hates. Yes. It says that but the seven deadly sins, that is a Catholic teaching. The Catholic church has this teaching. Lust, sloth, greed, gluttony, wrath, envy, and pride. Things about those are the seven deadly sins, but that's not a biblical account. But he gets up and preaches it as though everyone else is wrong. He's figured this thing out. All you have to do is open your Bible. Let's see what he says. Let's try to take him at his word. And okay, fine. You said you studied uh, the scriptures. Okay. And the reason I got to tell you this is because when I found out studying scripture, is gluttony is Satan's favorite sin because it's subtle. It's subtle. It falls under the radar. You got to eat probably across the Bible. The two places in the Bible where Satan had a chance to end humanity and end the Savior of humanity. What does he use? In the garden. He used food to kick Adam and Eve out of the garden. Oh, God, this is... And if you have one chance to take out your phone for all of eternity, you will use your most powerful weapon. When Jesus is baptized and then is taken to the desert by the Holy Spirit, what does the enemy say to Jesus? If you really are the Son of God, turn these stones into what? Break. He tried to use food to cuff Jesus and forfeit his calling. I'm preaching up here. It's the devil's favorite sin. So, first of all, Mike Todd, I'm not being ugly, but Mike Todd used to be a bit chunky. Mike Todd lost some weight, and so he recognized that good eating is, 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 is helpful to the body, and bad eating is bad. But to say that gluttony, when, by the way, does the Bible say what he just said, that gluttony is Satan's favorite sin, that gluttony is the tool that Satan loves to use. And he uses two examples, one where Adam and Eve um, are tempted to eat, to eat, because they, uh, it makes you wonder how fat was Eve. It makes you wonder, is, is, is he 
she had a fat eat of Eve who just could not, she just eating, 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 eating everything. And then he goes to Jesus, well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that pride, I desire to be like God, I desire to be Satan's, um, this is who he is, that that's what he's about, and that's what he tempts us with, pride of life and things like that that the Bible says. Uh, but hmm, I think we're going to have to go back and look at the scriptures again to see that uh, gluttony is actually a sin. I'm going to have to go check my Bible. But then, just like anybody else like himself, what he's going to want to do, he is going to want to put on a show. That's what he's about. Yeah, put these over here. The hoes love the hostess. Okay, here we go. Don't, did he just say, the hoes love the hostess? Let me play that back. I think that's what he said. Yeah, put these over here. The hoes love the hostess. Okay, here we go. Dum dums, Cheetos. Matter of fact, I need everything. Come put some of it down here on the floor. Cause, ooh, donuts. Yes, we love donuts. Look, you're what's your favorite cereal? Uh, Reese's Captain Crunch. Sugar with a crunch. Come on, McDonald's fries. There is something special about Okay, so off top, I agree. There's some theological errors. I think that he gave his opinion about what Satan's favorite uh, sin is to use. And what was a little scary about it is that you notice the audience, when he, when he quoted those two scriptures, they cheered and they was like basically in agreement with what he was saying. So that is a little concerning. But, um, and then... Like I said, um, when I was listening to Mike Ty, I do think he kind of pushes the line with some of the things he do, like the whole, the hoes love hostess comment. Yeah, he probably shouldn't be like he definitely shouldn't be saying stuff, making those kind of comments on there. But the one thing I will, I, I want to uh, say, well, it's two things. One, Corey I, again, even though all that is true, I don't think he's in the. He can't make the determination whether this person is saved or not. And that that is not that is not his call to make. But um, but when, when he showed the video of him twerking with his wife, me personally, I especially if I'm leading people, I'm the pastor. I probably won't have that in public. But I'm sorry, there's some things that me and my wife do at the, at the house where I may joke with her, or dance with her, or do something kind of whatever, you know. Um, but I don't think that. I don't think that should uh that takes away from me doing ministry. I don't think that takes away my salvation. Uh, again, it goes back to maturity, growing up, sanctification, and the whole nine. But the man was playing and dancing with his wife. I think he probably shouldn't have put it on social media. But to to say to say you need to get away from that pastor because he's doing that, I just don't know that I agree with it. What what are y'all thoughts on on, on that first clip? So the the term fire, meeting fire with fire comes to comes to my mind. Um, so when I went to go back to my cancel culture comment uh, comment before, this is this is an example of what I'm talking about, where somebody does a thing that somebody else doesn't like, and because they disagree with that or don't like it or whatever, um, so and so is not a Christian. So and so is an antichrist. So and so is a false prophet. You know, whatever, whatever, whatever phrase you want to throw you want to throw in there. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a, there's, there's tons of little side compartments of conversation that can be had with the individual topics, but the reality is that it was the um, questionable, pre questionable presentation and execution met with judgment. And what I personally would call some missteps, theologically speaking. So you just at that point have Christianese name calling, I guess is a good way of putting it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have two guys that, that you know, 
are, are diametrically opposed to the point where we all of these minor points are all reasons in in dude's mind to divide and you know these are the most important things and this means this and this means that and all of those kinds of things when again disagreeing and dividing are two different things and just because you disagree does not mean that you should divide or that the person that you're disagreeing with is by default wrong because you yourself could be wrong and honestly a lot of times when you stop and you listen to a person and you actually hear them out, you realize, oh, wait a minute. We're not necessarily on as opposite offenses, offenses as I thought we were. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's just so much room for actual conversation. And that gets into the whole conversation of sound bites. And, and I'm going to make a drive-by video based off of these clips. And trust me, the power of post-production guys makes us all look awesome. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> post-production is a very, very powerful tool in a lot of regards, but also like all it, it, it opens the door for the manipulation of things. Um, that that just it goes beyond what is my preference do i think he's too entertaining do i think he's too this does he is he too aggressive this with this over here should he be dancing all of those kinds of things those are all opinions yeah I not agree. scriptural points to divide on yeah anthony real quick what you got yeah um i guess you know <clears throat> this is the second time i've seen this particular video I caught it when uh, Corey Smart Smart Christian Channel put it up originally, and um, even then, I felt like to declare that Mike Todd is not a Christian, um, and to say I have biblical proof, um, I do, I don't think I don't think that he really does. I don't think that he has biblical proof that Mike Todd is not a Christian. Um, I think he can make an argument if he should be pastoring or not, but everybody can be put to that argument. There's every pastor in America, probably you can make an argument if they should be pastoring or not, just because that's just kind of the way culture is. I think the other issue here is that what is too much, you know, I, I, I that's a tough one. You know, what is too much? Yes. The points of the sermon were totally unbiblical. Um, was the thing that he was saying needed for his congregation? Probably, yes. It probably was something that as a church, they're you know getting their health together. And this is his way of speaking into that and encouraging them to do that, but to manipulate and to force, you know, scripture um, to make that happen, that's where I get hung up, you know. And when I teach on this, because I actually teach on homiletics, I teach on how to prepare a sermon, you know, I teach on, you know, how to study for a sermon, and I teach on, you know, expository, you know, preaching, which means line by line, verse by verse. Um, there are many different styles of preaching, you know, topical, textual, but expository is the most effective for helping people to learn the Bible, even though these other um, 
styles are relevant in their right context, you know, um, and I'm not going to get into teaching the class, but what I would say is that there's some things that, you know, Mike Todd does in this sermon that are just way out of bounds. And as you said, uh, uh, Joe, uh, Corey meets him way out of bounds with his comments. And so they just go, they both go way out of bounds, uh, react in one reacting to the others being so far out of bounds. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things that, you know, Mike Todd does that make you uncomfortable because you're saying, Whoa, are is he going too far? Because that text doesn't actually say that, but the point that he's making is valid and it's probably necessary for the individuals that are hearing it, but he's using the Bible. He's just using the Bible. He's not teaching the Bible. And Mm. that's the main issue is that when you just pick up the Bible and you use it to make a point, you're not actually explaining to me what the Bible is saying. Exactly. Which goes back to why, you know, because again, the thing that really gets to me, is that again? The people was like, "Yeah, you're right. That is all oh, you. It is the Satan's favorite sin. I didn't even catch that. Oh my goodness, he he did it in the garden, and then, and then it's wrong. And so that's where you got to go back and read context. And you know, that's the that it, I will admit that is the scary thing about the whole. The, that was that was the thing that I got caught up on is when he made the wrong point, he got cheered for it. And so so yeah. so I see why Corey wants to say, hey. Warning, watch out, something's wrong here. But you, I think you articulated well, Corey's response was also out of bounds. And especially for him to come back and be like, um, especially for him to come back and say he got biblical proof. Keith says, Mike Todd is not my cup of tea, but I believe he is. He is ability to his ability to entertain, introduce a generation of God's word that otherwise would not be in a church. I agree. I think he brings in people who probably would never come to church, you know, if they had to go sit until 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 Keith's next question, an expository style of preaching. He said it's what sticks with you forever, and you're able to draw on those lessons for life. Um, I I agree, but I think too when we, we kind of touched on it a little bit, Paul talked about it. Like when you're when you're a babe in Christ, you know you, you got to have the milk, but then you eventually need to graduate to the meat. I don't I don't think everybody like my kids right now they cannot they would not be able to go. Matter of fact, you know what's so funny? The the sermon the pre the uh, the video that I'm about to show next, what he's talked about is essentially the same exact thing my pastor preached on today. And my kid, and we went to the early service. We went to the um, the, the early service is more of the contemporary service, and then the, the later service is more of like the gospel type service or whatever. And so my kids are like, oh, that was just the morning service, just a little bit too boring for me. It's harder for me to stay awake, blah, 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 blah. But I guarantee you, had they listened to the sermon that I'm about to show from Mike Todd, they would have, they would have. It wouldn't have been as boring. It would have been they would have got the lesson or whatever. Um, I'm gonna pull up this one comment real quick, and then we're gonna show the next video, and then we're gonna wrap up, y'all. I, I appreciate y'all still sticking with me this long. We've been going for a hot minute. He said, "I started to listen to Cuffin series too. The Holy Spirit led me to listen to him at that time. I don't agree with some of the things he does, but there are some facts in the message, and that goes back to the whole, you know." Um, Chew the meat, spout the bones. Even though some people will say, no, you stay away from it. Just a little bit of leaven, lump the whole, whatever. And, you know, but I, I, I agree. I agree. No matter who you listen to, there's probably going to be some good stuff. And then 
you better have discernment. You better go do your due diligence to go back and check what they're saying. All right. Before I play the video, do y'all got any anything to say? Are we good to roll? I, I got one one quick thing, and I like that last person's comment, you know, and I want to focus on, but there are some facts in the message. You know, and one of the things that I think we do have to be careful of is just just because someone puts together facts, that doesn't doesn't mean that they're teaching me the Bible. Yeah. You know? Right. And and I do believe that if we could take Mike Todd's energy and put it into expository preaching, everybody will listen to him. He actually doesn't have to do all that other stuff. If you just take his energy and his charisma and let him walk through a text yeah. and explain the text with all that energy and all those props and things like that, the issue is he'll bring in something like <laughs> the seven deadly sins yeah. on, a, on a Sunday morning that has nothing to do with the Bible. You know, that has everything to do with Dante's Inferno and a, a Catholic tr tradition. It does not even come out of the Bible. And that's scary because now people are going to walk out of there talking about the seven deadly sins like they're in the Bible. Let me tell you something, man. What I think, right. Mike, this is just purely my opinion, but this is what I think he did. I think when he's preparing for that sermon, he did a lot of studies. And he did a lot of studying on commentaries. He did a lot of studying on things outside the Bible. And then that's the, pro the, the problem is when you do that and you don't double check it with the Bible, then something like the seven deadly sins falls into your, uh, you know, they falls into your sermon. So you can tell, like he did some studying from some sources outside the Bible, maybe even some Catholic sources who, and not, and not even being aware of it. And then it made it into his sermon. And I, I think we could all, especially if you're pressed for time, we could all go down there. I could look at one or two different yeah. sources and then, you know, and then go with it. And then like, wait a minute, why in the world did I even put that in there? You know? So I think that's what happened. Uh, all right. Let's, let's show this last video. This last video, this last video is a little bit longer. But I encourage you to watch it to the end because it does talk. He does bring in the gospel message at the end. Now, let me explain why I'm showing this video. I'm showing this video because Corey said that Mike Todd is not saved. Corey said that Mike, and this goes right into what Joe was talking about when we throw out false prophets or we throw out false teachers or that kind of stuff. Because those are, are you know, even the word blasphemous, those are some powerful words. They have certain meanings. And I think it leads to people saying things like what Corey said. Corey said this man is not saved. So I challenge you to li uh, uh, Also, too, in that video, and Anthony, you can correct me if I'm wrong because you watched it. He also said in that video that Mike Todd's a prosperity preacher. He also said that Mike Todd does not preach on sin. He also made an assumption, and I, I wanted to include these other clips, but I knew it was going to go long. He also made an assumption that, um, I'm trying to remember how he worded it. He said, so, so Mike Todd, so Mike Todd, he used a clip of Mike Todd saying something about your will, God, your will, God. And then he was like, I wonder if Mike Todd will actually do God's will and blah, blah, blah. And then he pulled up Joel Osteen's comments to, to tie that on Mike Todd. So anyway, I say I'm, I'm showing this video solely to say that Surely to show that although Corey was on point with some of the things where, hey, he taught this wrong, he taught that wrong, this is a Catholic teaching, he was out of bounds, like Anthony said, when he said he's not saved. I'm going to show this clip. And this is why I personally think he's wrong in this um, 
in that area. So I fuck, there we go. So this is the thing that I learned about principles though, okay? God's principles always come with, watch this, parameters. If you want to change your pattern, you have to listen to God's principles. But if you're going to listen to God's principles, they always come with parameters, borders, lines, limitations, boundaries. And this is the stuff free Christians don't like. Who the sun set free? If free and leave, that's what my mother did. <laughs> Everything God does comes with parameters. All the way back to the garden. Eat of every tree. Excellent. Let me put a parameter around this. What if the parameter was only for one reason? Protection. All right, so I'm going to stop there real quick. So as we see here, he's not teaching people to keep living in sin, doing what they want. He makes it crystal clear that if you're going to be a follower of Christ, you're going to follow God. God has parameters that you must follow. Let's keep going. Because of the parameters that God set for Samson, that was where his strength was found. His strength was locked up in the parameters. Oh, my God. The greatest version of you is not the I can do anything version of you. The greatest version of you is the disciplined version of you. The greatest version of you is the version that has parameters. No, I don't do that. I don't drink that. I don't go there with these people. I'm focused. I have a prize that's in front of me. I have fixed my eyes on Jesus. I know what I'm supposed to do, and that ain't it. I have to stay right here. It's the version of you that has parameters. Your power is in parameters. They said, you changed. No, 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 no. I just can't hang with you. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not, I didn't change. I just reevaluated the priority of my parameters. Okay. So Samson's power was in the parameters that they said. So this boy, he lives a crazy life. He literally goes and disobeys everything God tells him to do. He kills a lion on the side of the road. He gives the meat to his family. That was an unclean thing. He, he, he found his girl was like, girl, come here. And then it was just like a whole situation. And then y'all got to read the whole story. Out of, is it how the, weary I am telling it. That's how weary it is reading it. His life was just tragic. He goes to this whole situation about to marry this girl. But then he has this thing with riddles. And he starts doing these riddles. And he ain't telling the girl what the riddle means. And then he finally tells the girl what the riddle means. I mean, it's this crazy. And then she like, forget you. And then, then he gets mad and gets, and, rah, he turns into the hole because it's been his pattern okay and he turns into the hulk and then he goes away and while they're away they're like well i'm in a wedding dress and your best man look good and so the best man and his girl get married like i'm telling you it is ratchet he come back he pissed he depressed he go back live with his mom and him and then <laughs> then we get to our text today <laughs> judges chapter 16 verse 4 sometime later samson fell in love with a woman named delilah who lived in the valley of sorek the rulers of the philistines uh, the rulers of the philistines went to her and said entice samson to tell you what makes him so strong you know, people are plotting against your power. They didn't, they didn't come to Samson. They went to somebody close to Samson. Some, someone he was cuffed to. Okay, okay, okay. Entice Samson to tell us what makes him so strong and how he can overpower, how he can be overpowered and tied up or cuffed securely. Then each of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So Delilah, this nasty trashy, said she went back to this man. Sammy. <laughs> baby please tell me what makes you so strong you know how you be flexing and stuff and you be like you so strong and you know what I was wondering what would it take I don't know I just had a little <laughs> what, it, what would it take to you know tie you up secure what would it take to cuff you she wouldn't even she... hold on so this is where I got convicted Watch this point he's about to make now, because we can all relate to this point. Discreet at all. 
she literally came out and told him, how can I cuff you? The same way I believe some of the things we're tied to are not even being discreet. How can I cuff you? Let me say it a different way. How can I contain you, constrict you, confine you, compress you? Let me take it a step further. Hey, tell me how I can contain your calling, constrict your consistency, confine your capacity, and compress your character. And this dummy was, watch, so in love. Okay, I need you to go back to verse 4 real quick. Go back to verse 4. Because love will make you do some stupid stuff. It says sometime later, verse 4, Samson fell in love. In this whole thing, it never says Delilah's disposition towards Samson. Samson loved something that did not love him back. Please tell me how you could be tied up or cuffed securely. And Samson replied. Now, ho- hold on. After the first incident, the relationship would have been O-V-E-R. But for some reason, this man is still communicating and connecting with something that is actively trying to cuff him. Now, you judging him. But many of us are still actively communicating and connecting with things that you know are trying to cuff you. First Corinthians 7.23. God, my God. Somebody say, my God. Paid a high price for you. So don't be enslaved. Don't be cuffed. By the world. This scripture has let me know that whatever is not like Christ that I've been cuffed to, he paid a price so I didn't have to be cuffed to it. I have a legal right as a child of God to no longer be enslaved to comparison. Insla- Y'all, I'm talking about real stuff. I don't want to, I don't have to be enslaved to perversion. I don't have to be cuffed to confusion. Because of what Christ did for me, I do not have to be cuffed to all of the things of culture. I can be free because I'm paid for. And today there's some people been cuffed to addictions, cuffed to people pleasing, cuffed to what your family is saying. I feel the Holy Spirit right now. Come on, everybody just lift your hands. Would you just, wherever you are, just lift your hands and just say, Holy Spirit, what are you trying to say to me through this message? Come on, just ask him. Holy Spirit, what are you trying to say to me? So take my heart. It's so beautiful. And most. I'm clay in the potter's hand. Whatever you want to do, God, you transform and take my will. If you're in this room or watching online or watching on replay, the Holy Spirit has been drawing you all service. He's been drawing you to Christ. See, everything that I'm saying to you is talking about what you need to get away from. But the thing is, you don't uncuff from something that's bad not to cuff to something else. We were meant to be cuffed, (laughs) but to the right thing. Cuff to Christ. Today, I want to invite you into a loving relationship with Jesus. He's the only one that can help you be actually free. How do you know, Pastor Mike? Because I was a liar, a manipulator. I was addicted to pornography. I had all kinds of crazy stuff in my, I was cuffed to crazy, cuffed to confusion cuffed to compromise be in the church praising God and playing music and worshiping and writing Jesus songs and then at night doing all kind of dumb stuff like I want to be real with you I didn't have the power within myself to correct the crazy but Christ 
He went to a cross and died on Calvary to buy back a relationship with you and the Father. And today, all you have to do to claim it is believe by faith. The Bible tells us it's by faith that we are saved through the grace of Jesus Christ. And today, I want to give you the opportunity to accept Jesus. It is by far the greatest human decision I've ever made because it's given me the chance to transform all my pain into purpose. And it's given me security in my present and my future because my eternity has been already settled because I put my faith in Jesus. Today, let me give you an opportunity to cuff to Christ. And I know culture would tell you and even religion would tell you, you need to stop this and do this and change that and all this other stuff. That's a bunch of people's opinions. The Bible says all you have to do is repent, turn from what you're doing right now and turn to Christ and, and bring your faith to him. And he will accept, believe that he did it for you and he will receive you as he received his son. Right now, nobody can make this decision except you. And the church all over the world and in this room is beginning to pray because there are lives in the balance right now. Nobody's promised tomorrow, but you're promised right now. And so today, if that's you on the count of three, we're about to pray. It's a simple prayer, but I want you to know there's a war going on for your future right now. And there's a bunch of people at Transformation Church that are praying for you. No matter what you did last night, no matter what you're doing right now, no matter what you smell like, no matter what you're planning to do tomorrow, I'm talking about you are valuable to God and you are valuable to us. And I'm telling you right now, today is the day of salvation. I believe God is about to do a miracle in your life, but it's through your confession and your belief. If you want to make Jesus Christ your personal Lord and Savior on the count of three, I just want to, I want you to shoot your hand up in the air. One, you're making the greatest decision of your life. Church, I need you to pray. Two, I'm proud of you, but more than that, your name is going to be written in the Lamb's book of life for eternity. Three, shoot your hand up in the air. Come on, there's somebody in the room. I see you. I see you. There are people all over the world. I said, there are hundreds, if not thousands of people. Now listen, I want you to boldly confess this prayer. It's almost like an uncuffing from you, from your old lifestyle. Today, God wants you to know he's going to walk with you. I got good news. You never have to walk alone again. The reason why cuffing season does not have to be a part of your life in a negative way is because people who are cuffing, it's because of isolation and desperation. Your isolation has just now been answered. And your desperation, Jesus is going to fill every void. This is your moment. So today, Transformation Church, let's pray. We're a big family here. Nobody prays alone. Let's pray together for the benefit of those coming to Christ. Everybody say, God, thank you for sending Jesus just for me. I used to be cuffed to culture. <laughs> But now, I'm cuffed to Christ. Today, I believe that you lived and you died just for me. I'm giving you my life. Change me. Renew me. Transform me. I'm yours forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. So, I, I bring that up to show that that doesn't sound like a man who don't know Christ, who has not had an experience with Jesus. Not only that, he's preaching it to others. And he, he's not preaching you can stay in your sins and you can do what you want. He's, so he may be off on some of his theological points, but at the end of the day, he is teaching his people to, to uh, repent, turn away from their sins, to uh, trust in Christ, and he's and, he, and, he, and by frankly, he's preaching Christ. So I don't know how if if Mike Todd is not saved, then I will have to question if any of us is saved. You know, just based off of what he's teaching people about Christ. What 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 are y'all thoughts? So I think the danger becomes when you to to me and this and I'll and I'll say it like this, right? Because this is. Very much my opinion, and I think that the, that that some of what is about to come out of my mouth is shaped by the experiences that I've had and things like that. So I hear something like that, and you say you I, I hear what you say, Rico, 
and my experiences stem up and say, oh, I could say whatever I want. I could I could say whatever I please. I can make you believe whatever. If you've got a microphone in front of your in front of your face and a camera in front of your face, and you're an eloquent enough speaker, I can make you believe whatever I want you to believe about me. That's just the reality of what it means to publicly speak or publicly do this or anything like that. And so you can know all of the right words, you can know all of the right procedures, all of those kinds of things, and I would. I won't go as far as to say that I agree with everything that he said, because there are some things that he said in the midst of his preaching that I'm like, mm, I don't know about all that. But I think ultimately I could go back on that point. Somebody else could say, could go back on a different, uh, on a different point about how, Oh, but, but confessing this and proof text that and all of that kind of stuff. I think ultimately the reality is, is going and pulling at that lever if you do not think like me, you are not saved. If you do this, then you are blasphemous. If you do that, then you must not believe in God. If you do, it doesn't, it, like, pulling at that ripcord is not for us to pull on. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just just the reality of it. You know, when you, we can sit here and dissect every single thing that he said until we're blue in the face, you know, yeah, I I would be inclined at first. And I, I, cause this is, this is the most Michael Todd preaching that I've ever seen. (laughs) I actually did not know who this guy was before, uh, before we got, we, before you sent over the materials for, for today's episode, because I just, I simply don't care about about celebrity preachers. I don't care. They're men. They're they're men like I'm a man. They're men like any of us are are men. Yeah, you have a bigger platform uh, platform, but we're all like, if you're genuine, awesome. But I don't like it. It's, I'm not gonna go to seek out a celebrity pastor per se. So I didn't know. So I'm seeing him and his 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 flamboyant nature, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Somebody who wants to speak truth, but doing so with a personality? Absolutely. Sign me up. But then I listen to him speak, and I listen to some of the some of the connection points that he makes, and I can't help but vibe with what you said, Ant, with, man, somebody with that much charisma and that much personality, uh, couple, coupled with expository teaching biblical sound biblically sound teaching verse by verse and really but with that same fire that same passion man like yeah that's that's the kind of thing that gets a whole generation of people that don't want things the exact same way that they have been for generations that's how you get people into the proverbial pews that's how you get butts in seats you know what I mean? And yeah, there is a measure of, yeah, you move the needle when you're, when you're passionate, when you're flamboyant and all of that. No, it's not for everybody, but by and large, if you're doing this digitally, doing the song and dance of it all is part of the gimmick. As long as you're, you know, yeah, you're, you're a teacher. So you're subject to being sound and teaching, teaching sound things. So I think that there's a million miles to go before you hit that ripcord of dude's not a Christian before, you know what I mean? Like being able to thoughtfully dissect things in, in discern things is something entirely different. 
than just saying he's not a Christian. That's just throwing mud at that point. Yeah. Yeah, my only point, because, I mean, yeah, people can say the right thing. All I'm saying is this. Based on what he's saying to thousands of people, if he is not saved and if he is a false prophet or a messenger of of, of Satan or whatever you want to call him, then he's doing it wrong (laughs) because he's, he's teaching people to change their ways and he's pointing them to Jesus Christ. Like just like every other, like, yeah, there's some points in there too where like, okay, you know, I don't know. But at the same time, at the same time, when he, when he closed that, when he closed that sermon, he closed it by pointing people away from their current lifestyle to repent and towards Christ. Go ahead. Go ahead. Anthony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a there's a lot to unpack here, and I know we've been going for a while, so I'll, I'll try to keep it brief. I think to to make the point, I, and and I stand by what I said, to make the point that he is absolutely one hundred percent not saved. I just don't think we can make that point. We can ever make that point. And as far as the the gospel presentation, uh, yeah, I I feel like the gospel presentation there was right on point. I mean, I, I, if, if people didn't have a correct understanding of what it means to turn to Christ, you know, and trust him and for him to give you a new life, I, I, I don't know that you can articulate it better than that. Um, I think he articulated that well. Uh, I think what, what is the struggle with Mike Todd is that sometimes, um, the turning away from things and cutting this off is to position yourself for materialism. And I, I, you know, I didn't really hear enough of that message to be able to make that diagnosis in this particular message. But usually when his messages go wrong, that's where it's at. He's saying something wonderful and something great. And he's, he's talking about, you know, turning away from this, you know, I, I think there was something that he said about, you know, people are trying to take your power or something. And I was like, whoa, what's, what's the, and, you know, I just think if you nitpick it, yeah, you're going to find problems because that's what, if you go looking for problems, right, you're going to find them. Right. But ultimately I feel like, you know, he preached, he shared the gospel and that people that heard that if they were in there and they were not believers, they were convinced and convicted to come to Christ and to trust him for the forgiveness of their sins and ask him to help them to be all that he's called them to be and walk away from the life that they were living. That part of it, I think, was profound and powerful. Um, and if he's faking, then he's he, he's he's really good at it. You know, if he's if he walks off that stage, which I'm not saying that it's not possible, but yeah, if he walks seen off that, that stage, we've seen it was very- you know, right. And so, you know, but again, we test the message, right? We test the message. Are all the things that Robbie Zacharias that he said untrue? Nope. Uh, no, he said so many true things. So you have to deal. You you have to deal with the message that's what we're testing you know because when we're living in an age of celebrity preachers you know and this is something that i teach in homiletics is that 
you may never know the ethos of a person. You don't know them outside of what they are in the pulpit, but in the pulpit, you get a sense that they live a life that is to the standard that they're preaching, that they practice what they preach and that they want you. Um, they want the best for you. And Mike Todd does a great job of convincing his listeners that he wants the best for them. And I think that's what makes him winsome and, and, uh, and, and engaging for people because I mean, and like I said, as it, you know, and I saw, um, brother Keith said that, um, his style, he doesn't really like his style, <laughs> you know? Um, but for me, um, I actually like Mike Todd's style. And I think it's like when you, you know, are like music, right? If I'm listening to a song and it is a, it's got a really good melody. It's got a really good hook. I actually have to hold off engaging with the song until I actually hear what the words are. Cause I don't want to get to bobbing my head and singing the song and then realize that this song is not even biblical. This is, this is, this is a really nice song, but this is not teaching and admonishing me in the word of God. This is not helping me in my walk with God, but this beat has got me. This, this melody is catchy and I'm hooked. And that's how Mike Todd is. He's like a, a really, a really great song. Um, and you're listening, you got to slow down and listen, you know, because if you don't, you'll be captured by the beat and the melody and the cadence. And so again, I, I stick with what I said. I think it is an extreme view. I shudder and I hesitate to ever say that someone is not saved just because of a, a, a presentation or a moment. Even if I ran into somebody and they got a, you know, a fifth, a Jack Daniels in their hand, can I say that they're not saved? Not in that one moment. Only time will tell, right? Um, because all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us will mess up. If somebody caught one of us cussing in a very, very difficult situation and they deemed that we were not saved, like that person's not saved because I heard them cuss, uh, you might be jumping the gun. And so I think we have to let God determine that and we have to continue to encourage people um, daily, as the Bible says, so that we don't fall into the deceitfulness of sin. We need to encourage our brothers to, you know, uh, clean up certain things because those that are in positions of leadership, we are held to a stricter judgment. If you are calling yourself a teacher, people are going to look at you more closely. And, and, you know, and I find that because, uh, you know, I'm in that position. And so uh, there's a lot of times where I have to, you know, really watch myself, you know, I have to really, and I, and I watch myself in private before I watch myself in public, I deal with myself behind closed doors, you know, before I go out in public, that stage that Mike Todd's on is, um, very addicting and you can get addicted to the lights and the engagement. And like you said, if you can create as in the other message, you're saying something totally unbiblical, mm. but yet you're getting Ooh, hey man, oh my goodness. And then you come back and you're saying stuff that is totally biblical and you get the same amens. It's as if there's no discernment in the room to what's good and what's not. Yeah, man. No, all valid points. And I think we're coming up on like three hours. So I'm going to go ahead and close this off, man. <laughs> uh, first and foremost, I really do appreciate y'all. Um, um, 
I appreciate y'all coming on the show. I appreciate y'all rocking with me staying this long. Those who are still watching, I appreciate y'all to still for still watching, especially after the internet dropped on us, um, and then we we had to pick it back up. Um, again, just you know, um, continue to like the show. Continue to check in with us every other week. Continue to uh, keep on commenting. What's up, uh, Rashawn? I see your comment in there. I do want to uh, close with this one final piece of advice that I got from this website. Um, I don't even have a link, but when I was reading over, um, when I was reading over the topic of uh, chew the meat, spit the bone out, or whatever, um, this is some some pretty decent advice that that I think is decent advice. So I I copied it so I can share it with you all before we leave. It says if you listen to a preacher or a teacher who 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 routinely requires you to spit out bones, then don't listen to that person. Why? Yeah. He, he or she doesn't meet the biblical standard of a preacher. Furthermore, if you listen to a preacher or a teacher and their content is filled with a lot of bones to be spit out, then don't share on social media or give them more influence or a bigger platform than they already have. And so I say, I I share that to say that's a very, I think that's some wise words. If you find yourself Okay, I can't take that. I can't take that. I can't take that. I can't take that. Then you you may want to reevaluate if you listen to him. But at the end of the day, let the Holy Spirit lead you on who you who you listen to, who you don't listen to. Always double check things back with word. Um, I want to encourage you all to give our spiritual leaders the same grace that we want God to give us. And you know, um, until next time, man. Y'all just be a blessing and share our testimony. Peace. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you.